I was telling my dad, I was like, so like 20 seconds or 30 seconds into overtime, it's over. Yeah. That would have been great, too, because we could have gotten Rod's opinion on that penalty on Hamilton. Because that was a that was a bad call. That was a terrible call. That was, terrible call. That was awful. <laughs> yeah. And if that and if that literally straight up cost him the game, Rod probably would have gone like the level he did in the bubble last year. Do you imagine if that was the thing that put them down three nothing? I'm glad it wasn't because that we would literally have to hear about that like from every angle for yeah. the entire off season if that were the case. Yeah. No, I'm glad they got one. I said I was just telling Ryan I still do not think they're gonna win this series, but. Especially like without it's Trocek, pretty, it's he might. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the fact he like he's Trocek on the trip. might come back. Yeah, I was pretty surprised Maybe. when I saw him in that seven percent health. Already don't have Need Rider, and I'm assuming they won't have Fogel. That looks that looks like shoulder surgery. Yeah. When he came back out, and then like a cut like. 10 seconds into 10 his seconds. shift, like, his arm was, like, was literally, literally dead <laughs> down by his side again. I was like, nope, we are not seeing him again. Nope, he's done. That, that like, from, like, the second it happened, I was like, okay, so he's getting so- shoulder surgery yeah, in, I'm, like, five I'm, minutes. I'm by no means a medical expert, but I can call that one. I feel like, I've, I feel like we've seen that many times, Yeah, that shoulder injury. I mean, we saw it with McCormick earlier this year. We've seen it with Pesci multiple times. I had, I had people asking me, is Ryan Suzuki going to get in? Absolutely not. People are crazy thinking, like, they're like, oh, so, like, Seth Jarvis <laughs> What? This is Rod Brindamore you were talking about. Not a, That is not happening. It would be fun to see Ryan Suzuki get in. It would be a lot of fun. Or it might also, be a lot of fun for Tampa. It would be a lot of fun play, for Tampa. Well, I mean, he wouldn't get demolished because he would play two minutes, but... You get two minutes, and then Chernak lines him up at center ice. Yeah. Nikita Kucherov will hit him with a blindside interference. Or a knee. Or a, or a knee. Or a yeah, board. Got, or a take his skate. I see the hit in real time, and I was like, damn, Pesci is, like, angry. Like, I've never seen And then I saw the replay. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I posted the, uh, the gif of that, and... I think a Tampa fan responded and was like, yeah, but are you going to show the part where Pesci gets up and pushes Kucherov back? Like, that was the <laughs> jiffable moment of that. Like, oh, you mean the the retaliation to the blindside hit to, like, the head <laughs> from behind when they didn't have the puck? <laughs> when he pushed him? Hey, man, if Jake Evans would have had his head up, you know. Good Lord. <laughs> Good lord, that hit! That was just disgusting. Oh my god, uh, that's one of the worst. That's one of the worst things I've ever seen. Like, you're down by one. He's wrapping it around into an open net. Instead of trying to stop the puck from going into the net, you just go straight for his fucking head. Shifley had already been like stirring the pot earlier in that period too. Like, he was taking runs at guys. Like, they literally, boards. like, it's so stupid. Shifley, like, he, like, he's a nice guy, I'm sure, but I've seen him a lot of times, like, was, like, go for, like, those dirty hits when he's did frustrated. You guys, 
Did you guys see that JFresh hockey account say like Mark Shifley's been attempt suspended four games for the first back check he's ever attempted? <laughs> and, yeah. the re- and the reply, and then there, and then he did a thread, and it was like Shifley's like face looking shocked. It was like when someone else might get a point on an empty net. <laughs> yeah, I saw those ones. Quality memes. Well, this is a Kane's Country podcast. My name is Brett Finger, joined by Andrew Schnicker and Ryan Henkel. We have a couple of things to talk about this week. One or two things. The Hurricanes and Lightning would be one of those things. And we, we've had quite a series, quite the emotional uh, tug of war so far. Uh, before we get to that, how are you guys doing this week? Doing well. Doing good. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> so... Game one, game two, Carolina in their home building, uh, defended home ice uh, to the best of their abilities and lost both games two to one. Before we move on to to the good, the good part of the first three games, we we have to talk about Nino Niederreiter missing the first two or first three games of this series and is very, very unlikely to come back in this series. Exited practice on Saturday ahead of the Sunday game and uh, hasn't played. And then Vincent Trocek also gets hurt in Carolina's game two loss, the second of a couple two one losses, as he went leg to leg with Warren Fogle. And then just for kicks, Warren Fogle left game three with a shoulder injury. So. Lots of injuries. A third of Carolina's top nine, just like that, gone. And boy, could they have used some help in the top nine in games one and two to generate a little bit of offense. Uh, right. Niederreiter in game one. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to say, it's, it's almost like we we talked about huh. some reasons that adding a forward at did the we, trade deadline might not have been a horrible idea. Did we? I think... I think we said something along the lines of it just takes one injury in the top nine you're like oh no and then but what happens when there's three injuries in the top nine <laughs> and you're like oh no <laughs> uh yeah yeah we, yeah we can i mean we can talk about that i i mean we were all advocates i think of adding at the deadline and yeah, I believe we have uh, audio evidence of that. Would have been would have been nice for for this kind of situation. Yeah, it's not like they would have been like positioned to cover like three guys going out or like a Vincent Trocheck caliber player or even a Nino Niederreiter caliber player probably, but like it could have been better. It would like, have been the, better than Max depth. McCormick, with all due respect, Max McCormick. Right, like. The the depth now is going to be, I mean, like no disrespect. Like you've got Steven Lorenz playing in the top six. Like no disrespect to him, but like that's it's not that's ideal. An issue. Yeah, it's not ideal. When you scored, uh, four goal or no, f- yeah, two two five on five goals in three games, and all of those came in game three, and. Three of the five you've scored in three games, three of those five came in game three as well. I mean, it's not ideal to then lose uh, a 20-goal scorer 
maybe the quietest 20 goal scorer ever in Nino Niederreiter. And Vincent Trocek, who oh, was just like almost a point per game player. And then Warren Fogel, who we know is capable of, of being a guy who can get some supplemental offense and also is a penalty killer, which would also be useful against Tampa Bay, a penalty killer, especially when they scored on two or three chances in game five or game three, sorry. There will be a game five. But there will be a game five on Tuesday. I think there's a two-day break. Yep. The the two goals for in games one and two, it was it was tough sliding for Carolina. I think Rod said really after both games that they'll take what they did. You know, they they liked their efforts in games one and two. It just the puck didn't go in the net, and boy, have we heard that story before. But usually not in the playoffs. Usually not in the playoffs. Usually hear that when when they're like twenty five, thirty, and five. And things aren't going very well. <laughs> but, you know, we heard it after games one and two. I didn't necessarily disagree with that. I think the biggest problem in games one and two were or was that they just made life way too easy for Andre Vasilevsky. And and they just they could not get in front of him and get in his, his sight lines. So... What what were you guys' thoughts on games one and two? In game two, in the first period especially, it looked a little bit like Andre Vasilevsky was in the Hurricanes' heads. There were a lot of times in that first period that they had good shooting opportunities and seemed to be just trying to make that extra pass, that perfect play, and ended up just passing it into really a poor shooting angle or opportunity, um, which... You know, I think it probably does stem from the way Vasilevsky played against them in Game One, especially in that first period. But yeah, no, they've they've got to bury their chances when they get them. You know, you can't have Martin Natchez missing that shorthanded opportunity. Yeah, my my opinion on Game One Two is kind of similar. It was just like they weren't making it hard enough for Vasilevsky, and I think along with that, they played pretty much perfectly into Tampa's hand, or like. You know, Tampa kind of, you could think of like a southpaw striker. Like, they love the counterattack. You know, it's like that kind of gets you off guard. And so when the Canes are making those extra passes or those extra plays trying to, like, make Andre Vasilevsky's life, like, trying to make him have to make a circus act save, instead they're, like, passing up into these awkward angles or trying to go through the paint, and then Tampa just can easily corral the puck, clear it out, and then set up their own counterattack, which is, like, they like to, like, how I think of how Sorelli scored that second goal in Game 2. And stuff like that. It's um the Canes are kind of playing themselves into like this disadvantaged position with like those extra passes, those extra plays. And I think it's really like their effort is there. They're playing hard. They're playing. They're playing good. Those first two games, good enough to win. It's just they were doing too much. I feel like almost. Yeah, and I think Andrew, you're definitely right that everybody knows Andre Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world. All right. We know this. We've we've all come to terms with this, and it's it's one thing to acknowledge that if you're going to score, you have to be perfect in some sort of execution, whether that's a perfect shot, perfect screen in front, perfect deflection, whatever. But yeah, it, it felt like even though they what was the shots in game two, thirty-two to fifteen, whatever. 
even then, I mean, so many of these shots are missing the net, like yeah. just poor, just trying to do way too much, trying to, you know, find the four inch by two inch area of the net where you have to get it and you don't have to get it there. You know, there's other ways to score on a great goalie other than doing what Brett Pesci did in game three, you know? So there was a lot of that for sure. And, you know, Alex Nedeljkovic, we can talk about for a little bit. He got games one and two. I think there's one goal in the whole series you can really blame on him. And that was, of course, Barkley Goudreau's goal late in the third period of game one. In a 1-1 game, a short side goal right across the ice, or right on the ice. Obviously a mistake. Um, obviously misplayed his post. Uh, it was kind of ugly. Everybody knows that. And, you know, he's a guy that's going to bounce back from that. And, you know, he, he only faced 15 shots in game two, but you don't really blame him for the loss when you score once on... 32 shots and that goal didn't come till you were down to nothing. So and with like a minute and a half left in the game. So, well, yeah. And that, I mean, in that third period, like that third, like they just played with such a lack of energy and urgency in that third period, man. They didn't really play with the, the urgency that they needed to be until Nadelkovic was pulled. It, I felt yeah. like it had serious, like, if you remember game five against Nashville yeah. when they're down two to one in the third period and it was just dead. Like it felt like this thing was going to be a disaster at that point before Martin nature scores the goal that he scored that saved their season essentially. And you know, it had the kind of like dead in the water vibes in that third period where you're not generating much. There doesn't appear to be much energy Tampa's doing a good job of just shutting them down in the neutral zone and not letting them do anything. So you move on to game three and a couple moves. Well, really one big move. So like I said, Trocek gets hurt. You're already without Niederreiter. You bring in Morgan Geeky and, and they say, fuck it. Peter Morazic, <laughs> your time, baby. And Peter Mrazek uh, leads the Hurricanes to an offensive resurgence uh, all by his lonesome. He leads them to three three whole goals, all for the Hurricanes. Three entire NHL goals. And they win three to two in overtime. And, uh, you know... Like y'all said with like the uh, like the counterattack and all that that Tampa had, it was kind of a different story in Game Three because it was Tampa Bay that seemed to have long periods of sustained pressure at home, and it was Carolina who managed to strike back. You know, you think of that Brett Pesci goal that was on the rush from Aho and Svechnikov, Pesci jumping in as the third man and and firing that one home. Uh, it was a lot of that for Carolina and. They bent a lot, but didn't break. Yeah, I think that's the best way to describe it because Tampa was really coming on hard. I mean, I think, but like, I think that kind of 
I think of that flurry in the third period in front of Mrazic where he's making save after save on that uh, last Tampa power play in regulation. And like the Canes were just kind of just hanging on. There were so many plays where Tampa would, they they're so good with lateral plays, cycling around the net, cycling around the offensive zone, getting players out of position. And it's just, they keep getting these looks and these shots and like Mrazic is playing exceptionally well for them, which was a huge talking point, you know, coming into the game. I think most of us were like, I don't know if this is a, I think this smells like a move out of desperation rather than a move out of, you know, perfect planning. But it, it, it seemed to be perfect for them and what they needed. Cause Tampa definitely was, I would say kind of lackluster first two games. They're, they're not like the offensive powerhouse. Everyone like thinks of them as, but they were really pushing hard in game three. Yeah, I, I'll say I was not on board with the whole Mrazic thing. I said, you know, you're struggling to score, and Nedeljkovic played well, has played well, and you're bringing in a goalie Cole who hasn't played since May 10th. But it worked. Kudo, I mean, Peter Mrazic played a hell of a game. I mean, that's impressive for him for having been out so long um, to come in and do what he did. I mean, especially in the third period, he made some great saves, really under siege. I mean, once Tampa scored uh, those two power play goals late in the second period to wipe out the Hurricanes 2-0 lead, it kind of felt inevitable like that Tampa was going to score and win that game. They were carrying the play. They were really, yeah, they were just controlling it, but Mrazic kind of kept the Hurricanes in it. He made a couple good saves in overtime uh, when they had to kill off the remainder of a Questionable. questionable yeah questionable <laughs> against Dougie Hamilton in the last minute of regulation I'm not even sure I would say you could question whether or not it was a bad call um, <laughs> but no Morazic was great you know I said credit to him he um he, I, I don't know if like that is something that somehow like mentally sparked the Hurricanes but at the end of the day it worked they didn't win the first two games and they won that game. So. Yeah. Like I, I could look at it like two ways with the home rising thing. I'm like, on like one hand, you're like, he's the emotional goalie. He's the one that kind of fire gets really fired up when he makes saves. And yeah, I I think if you're the team, you can look at that and be like, you know, like, all right. Yeah. uh, Hell yeah. Let's go. No, I can see the rod said giving Ned a mental break. I mean, he has had, kind of a heavy minutes workload throughout the playoffs, just constantly game after game with so many overtime periods he had to play. And I mean, if you think about it, I mean, like if he needs that mental break, I'd rather give it to him when like before they're done and out, like rather than go into like a 3 and 0 hole and be like, well, he's kind of mentally tired right now. You know, maybe he goes into the 3 and 0 hole and he's, you know, mentally charged and ready for the challenge. So I could see it. I mean, like in the time and space, I was like, it can make sense, I guess. But hell, I'm no NHL head coach. And obviously those NHL coaches make the right decisions. Benching. I mean, benching Alex Nadolkovich on the day he was named a Calder finalist is kind of cruel, but. (laughs) Yeah, that was shocking. Yeah. They let him get the day off just to celebrate. Yeah. Was that a little bit surprising to you guys? Like I, I felt he was I don't a finalist? know if I thought he would be. Yeah, I don't know if I thought he would be in the top three just because he didn't play as many games. I I don't know who else would really like be up there. I mean, like Tolvanen was like okay, he was more like a power play guy. It was obviously Kareel 
and Jason Robertson were going to be the top two. Yeah, it was the, third, the third spot was just kind of like, all right, just give it to someone. I mean... Don't get me wrong, I think he deserves it. I'm, I'm just a little mm-hmm. surprised that the voters... I don't know, is that a... I don't know if that's a PHWA award or not, but... Um, that the voters gave yeah, that I to him. I mean... I, I mean, I just assumed he was going to get shafted on that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it, it's the right decision for sure. I'm, I'm just a little more used to the Hurricanes getting snubbed, but. Yeah, I mean, he's the third Calder nominee, and that's Terjean and Skinner, the other two. Yeah, Skinner's the only one in Hurricanes. So Hurricanes, Whalers, he's the third. Definitely deserving. I mean, if you're going to give it to a, if you're going to, we all know what this is about. We all know that this is a Kaprizov Robertson trophy. And, you know, if anyone deserves, you know, recognition as the third guy, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to give it to a, to another forward who's like, obviously, I mean, what are you going to give it to Tolvanen, like Ryan said? I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, it's, it's it's the right decision. Definitely the right decision, and uh, yeah. glad that was made. By the way, you're getting benched tonight. Um, <laughs> congratulations! Here's the bench. Yeah, congratulations <laughs> on your caller nomination. Um, ride the pine. All right, just shut up and sit down. All right. Um, no, but it's a make or miss league, baby. And you know what? The Hurricanes made it last night. And uh, and and Mrazek was in that, so obviously it was the great decision. It was a brilliant move. Final lie. Exactly. I mean, you can't argue with a win. I I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. go on this podcast and say you know what that was the wrong decision. Yeah, you'd be like, you know what, the Canes won, but honestly shouldn't have happened shouldn't it should you know what you're <laughs> you die with the ship all right oh, you no. don't make changes as we look forward i mean speaking of dying on the ship is going to Morazic is it kind of just like shuffling the chairs on the titanic like is this like realistically all right the hurricanes now potentially down three forwards moving on to game four does a game three win make you feel somewhat more optimistic or where is where does this leave you because it still feels very much like the like the cards are stacked up against Carolina right now yeah I think like what Rod said at the end of the game he said I don't know if they deserve to win this game particularly but they kind of deserve to have a win after three sure. games they and I agree with that sentiment. I mean, game one and two, I felt like it was a toss-up. I didn't think the Canes were playing like really hard, like ready to get out there and win it. But I also didn't feel Tampa was either. Tampa was more like relying on Vasilevsky to bail them out. And then I felt this game, you know, Tampa was coming hard. But I also wasn't – like I wasn't being like, well, Canes are done. This is obviously that dominant Tampa team. Canes can't hang. Like I felt like Tampa was a lot better than they were in games one and two. But again, I didn't. It doesn't feel like they're outmatched per se. I think the forward thing is the largest hurdle. Trocheck is obviously one of the biggest holes. Losing your two C and then losing 
like one of your best sniping wingers in Niederreiter, who's also one of your best four checkers, which the Canes will only run that four check system. I mean, it's it's a lot to to kind of climb out of. I mean, we've seen Aho has f- proven that he can potentially do it. It's just can if the Canes could stay out of the penalty box, I think I think there's a different story here. I mean, they gave up. They didn't give up an even strength goal, and gave, they've given up what three Goudreau. even strength goals in this series. I don't Goudreau, remember the game and then two both goals, of the but... ones in game two were even strength, I think. Yeah, and then they didn't give one up last night. So I mean, yeah, it's it, it, yeah, it's the forward thing. Like if they come out, because like I was a little bit surprised that he made the trip, that Trocheck made the trip. If they come out on Saturday and are like, hey, Vincent Trochik's playing, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm with Ryan. I don't – like, after games one and two against the Boston Bruins in 2019, it was like, they are done. This is it. They are completely and totally outmatched. I don't feel like that here. I feel like the Hurricanes can play with Tampa. Um, I'm still, again, because of the forwards and everything else and just really – I mean, I think the Hurricanes can play with them, but I think Tampa is just better. I'm not. I'm still not optimistic about the Hurricanes like coming back to win the series. But I mean, you never know. So I, I mean, it's obviously, and you said this too, Ryan. You know how different does it feel like if they get just one more chance in games one and two to go and maybe get one of those in overtime or something? Then you feel a whole lot different. So. But yeah, I'm. I said I, I, th- I think Tampa's probably going to win this series in five or six. But who knows? You you get in game four and win, then it's a brand new ball game. Yeah, I think it's just mostly the injuries for me. I think that's really the. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's the sinking point. I mean, the Canes. I I think the front office should have probably planned that out better. Maybe Trocheck Niederreiter could miss the regular season before, and they like have an injury during then and be perfectly healthy for the playoffs. That would be a smart front office decision. And the Hurricanes could have added like, you yeah, know, seven, with the... seventeen million dollars of cap room or something. Yeah, uh, that would that would probably been the smart front office decision, but it would have been a smart front office decision. You think? You think that would have been smart? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> what? What are you trying to say about Max McCormick? Is my question. Oh, nothing. I think Max is Max is great, feisty. Good hand-eye coordination, baseball player. Is he a former baseball player? No, he just had the one goal where he batted it. Yeah, in. yeah, um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I I picked Tampa in six. Uh, I like how my pick is looking so far. Um, so I'm gonna stick with Tampa in six. Uh, it's, here's, it's what, just, here's what I'll tell you, Brett. Max you, McCormick is going to outscore Kucherov the rest of the series to lead the Hurricanes. That's to a the fucking next lie. Round. That's a fucking lie. <laughs> that is literally impossible. Like, like you could have, you literally you could have said anything else, and I would have been like, okay, whatever, all right. Like that is literally impossible to even think about. I literally cannot imagine a world. 
and you we have this on audio okay i cannot imagine a world that exists in reality wherein max mccormick outscores nikita kucherov over any period of time hey kucherov hasn't done much in this series he outscored him in the regular season brad anything's possible he did outscore him in the regular season (laughs) he absolutely outscored him in the regular season he also injured more uh, <laughs> friendly goalies than Kucherov did during the regular season. Listen, get your stats up. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if Max McCormick scores more than Nikita Kucherov and keeps the hurricane season alive. Yeah, so uh, it's tough. And, uh, you know, big the big thing about games one and two in the kind of game three but they won game three so games one and two it felt like carolina was not getting like they they weren't making tampa work for what they got and when when you let them off the hook like that in games one and two and, and they really i mean they let them off the hook their stars weren't in play you know, we joke about Kucherov. He wasn't really a factor in games one or two. Not Stamkos wasn't point. wasn't like these guys weren't huge factors. Um, I believe points scored a goal, but I mean, even then, it's like their stars are going to get like a goal, you know. And um, it, I mean, when you let them off the hook like that in games one and two, you, you don't make them work for the goals for the chances. I feel like that's going to come back to bite you. And I I think that's still going to come back to bite them, especially if they're injured and banged up up front. That's a big problem. And, you know, we'll see. You know, maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe Max McCormick will be the spark that they so desperately need. But they're, they're, be the spark that lights the fire that, (laughs) burns the Tampa Bay lightning to the ground. Yeah. It takes down the, Tampa Bay Lightning. Elsewhere, you know, you made a prediction, Ryan. Uh, you made a prediction that McCormick was going to outscore Kucherov. I made a prediction, too, on this podcast. You did. I made a prediction on this podcast. I said that the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens and the Winnipeg Jets would meet in the second round. Goodness. And my God. They did. They are. They are. They are right now, and and you know, it looks like uh, without Shifley, it looks like Montreal might have a chance to just go to the final four. What was their record at the end of the season? I just want to take a look at this real quick. What was their exact record? I'm gonna look. I got it. Were they even 500? I don't believe. Yeah, they yeah, were. they were over 500. I mean, because oh, well, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they were 24, 21, and 11. So not at, so fairly over hockey. A minus nine goal they differential. Not, they were not good. Five twenty-seven points percentage, easily the lowest of any. They, they finished the season on a five-game losing streak. <laughs> um, really backing their way into the playoffs. They backed their way into the playoffs, and then they backed Toronto out of the playoffs, and they uh, they won game one against Winnipeg in the second round. This is all I wanted. This is really all I ever wanted from this North Division. I just wanted to see Winnipeg oust Edmonton and 
Montreal somehow. I, I don't know how, but they, they took Toronto out. Well, I do know how. It's because they're facing it's, Toronto. It's, it's the yeah. Maple Leafs. They can't. They've just collapsed under any well, pressure. Well, it's like it's like people were saying like after in the next day, like, oh, I can't believe after game seven, I'm like, oh, I can't believe the Leafs lost that game. I'm like, I can. Once it was yeah. tied, once the Montreal tied it after being down three one, it was over. Like, are like, you new here? here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it was it five in a row now? I guess not technically. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Yeah. <laughs> well, they haven't. They haven't won a playoff series since what two thousand four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think the funniest thing is gonna be like when they trade like their core pieces or like they like deal someone like Mitch Marner. They like deal him. He goes somewhere else and then he has like immediate success and leads that team to like second or third round or something. That's gonna be the funniest. It'll happen. That's going to be the best time. Have to do, I mean, like you, I think you said this, Ryan. They've got too many guys taking up too much of the cap. You can't have three guys over $10 million and expect to, like, surround them, like, good enough talent to win. Like, you look at, like, like look at, like, the Hurricanes. It's like, you know, you have Ajo making, like, what was it, 8-6 eight, eight, or 8-5 or whatever. And the, But, like, you have Trocek, Niederreiter, like, 5 mil each. Like, you have to have this middle, like, good chunk talent in the middle yeah. like you look at the bruins like nobody's on their top lines taking that much money same thing with like colorado colorado has so much great value players like obviously you have the mckinnon contract which is ludicrous but then like landis cog kadri burakovsky devon taves sam gerard yeah, graves I mean, like these are all just amazing value contracts but then like you go like toronto you have three guys each over 10 million dollars and it's like you can't expect to win paying that much money. You either have to be like like the Hurricanes or Colorado or be like Tampa and just kneecap your best players during the regular season. Yeah. By the way, so the the last team to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs passed the not the first round. They did cuz they did make it. They did win the first round series against the Senators in 2004. The last team to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs in oh, I know, the I know who. third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Was he 2002 Carolina Yes. yes. So the last time the Maple Leafs played past the second round, they were eliminated by Martin Jelena. Yep. <laughs> was it the Molson Miracle? That was against Montreal. That was Montreal. That was Montreal. Yeah. It was a uh, modern-day uh, Andre Vasilevsky... Uh, was it Jose Theodore? Jose Theodore? Yeah, that wasn't Cristobal yeah. Huey yet. Um. No, it was it was Theodore. <laughs> no, because they played Huey in 2006. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Talk about uh, two with the Game 3 win, losing the first two at home, going on the road for Game 3, winning in overtime. Somebody named Stahl scores the overtime winner on the power play. What is he, Justin Stahl now? That was hilarious. I saw that. I was at the game, so I didn't hear it, but I saw the tweets about that. There's a fifth one now. I can't believe, like, looking at this, like, second round of the playoffs, like, there's so many, like, great matchups. Like, Bruins-Islanders is just, like, a good heavyweight slugfest, like, good goalie matchup. Like, you have Colorado-Vegas, which, you know, granted, Colorado's a 2-0 lead, but, like, that game two was was so good between the two. Carolina and Tampa have been very evenly matched. And you have Montreal-Winnipeg. And then you watch on Winpeg. Like it's all these big teams that are like, oh, these are all like these all these teams could win the cup. These are all cup favorites. 
And then it's Montreal and Winnipeg. And it was just like, wow. And then the fact that Colorado or Vegas, Colorado, let's let's be real here, is going to get to play either Winnipeg and Montreal and just they're going to pretty much be able to just waltz their way to the Stanley Cup final is insane to me. Yeah, I I think Vegas will end up winning at least a game. But if they say they don't, it's entirely possible that the Colorado Avalanche start these playoffs 12 and 0. Uh, yeah. And that's why and that is why we cannot keep this division format after this year. Yeah, like like Canada was gifted playoff berths. Like let's let's be honest with ourselves in here. Fucking, in the fucking third round. Yeah, like Canada talked about like they're like, "Oh, you know, Gary Bevan hates Canada." He you guys were gifted. He did a solid a, a final four appearance. You were gifted that. Well, I mean, they didn't really have a choice with the whole border thing. I mean, Um, no, but... Yeah. I mean, I guess they could have maybe found a way to do the playoff format a little bit differently, but I'm not really sure how. Yeah, the fact that, like, Winnipeg and, like, Montreal, like, wouldn't make a playoffs in, like, a normal season. And one of them's going to be in the final... Uh, Colorado is going to just... It's not going to be pretty. All aboard the Colorado hype train. They're so good. I tweeted the other day. It's like, none of this matters. Colorado's going to win. They might go 16-0 and for all I know. Like, fuck. I mean, come on. you really think they, like, they are going to, they might lose a game or two to Vegas. Who knows? But when they face Montreal in the third round, they're going to annihilate them off the face of the planet. They are going to shoot them into the sun. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be so bad. And then the other third round series is going to be either Carolina or Tampa against probably the Bruins. That's probably going to be a pretty hard fought series. Yeah. And Montreal yeah. and Colorado, then Colorado will be nice and rested going Colorado's into the finals. Gonna a, Colorado's gonna have like a three week break before they play games between rounds three and four. Because all these series are going to go seven, and they're just going to win every game. It'll be an immaculate playoff run for Colorado. <laughs> yep. Uh, you just look at that roster, though, and you're just like, holy shit. It's honestly, it's better than Tampa's, like, $10 million or $17 million or whatever, however much over the cap roster. Like, Yeah, like, you look at Tampa, and you'll be like, you'll be like well, they have a $17 million more than any other team in the playoffs. They should win. Hands down. There's no question if you're that much over the cap, you should win it all every time. But then you look at Colorado and they're like the budget contracts they have, like in terms of value to contract, like so many players are exceeding the value of their contracts. It's just so well put together. And then Nathan McKinnon, who's, you know, best player in hockey right now. I'd say so. I mean, Connor McDavid's the best regular season player I've ever seen, but but, he, he... but he's a choke artist, <laughs> fraud, like yeah. Alex Ovechkin before him. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's like you can be like, oh, McDavid just he just can't get it together. But I mean, there's more to it than that. Yeah, when have you ever no, seen a, a single superstar? The, 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 hockey's fraud. not like like. And even like in the NBA, like now it's more than just one superstar. You have to have like three superstars really to win it. But like in hockey, you you can't just like like 
your best player is only going to play like 20, 25 minutes a game. Like, right. Or more than half the game is going to be played without him. Like the only, the only sport, the only, honestly, the only sport where you can really, cause baseball, I mean, it's even more so like your, your best player is only getting like four or five, maybe six at bats a game. I mean, Mike Trout has played three playoff games. The only, the, the football is really the only one because like your, your quarterback, like has such an impact, like, but even then, like, you can't just, like, trot a superstar quarterback out there with, like, no weapons and no offensive line. Like, bottom line, like, any sport, it's it's silly to just say, okay, well, this player can't get it done without looking at, like, any other context of the team around them. Yeah. Like, the people that, like, Harbin, like, this, like, yes, like, could Connor McDavid have been, like, just a little bit better? He did kind of get shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, that's but that's not it's not all on him. He can't he can't do it all. He's not Why making not? Mike Smith stop a goal. You know, Brett, actually good point. I take it back. Connor <laughs> David sucks. Fraud. Fraud. Con man. Con man McDavid. Connor Mickey David. Con man McDavid. <laughs> 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 oh, man, McDavid. Uh, that's great. That's just great. <laughs> that's really good. It's not quite Jake Gardner being a rogue one, but it's not quite there. He's apparently such a rogue one that he's just never going to play for the. He's never going to play again. But, he's literally yeah. never going to play again. I don't know why, but he will not play again. <laughs> I thought, like, can we? I thought he was good in game two against Nashville. Like, <laughs> and then I can't was, say and then any... it's like, here's like Max Lejoie, like, which like, I'm sitting there like, who the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> um, like dude who's never played since he hasn't played in the NHL since 2019. And you would rather have him in the lineup than Jake Gardner. I mean, I, it's got he's gotta have like his back has just gotta be like totaled. He's just gotta be like, I can't play hockey or something. That, like that that's like it, it I feel like it has to be something like that because I can't understand like Brenda Moore just like hating Gardner. It makes no sense. Like, especially like going into like game three of this series when you were making changes and struggling to generate offense. Like it it made some sense. Like which like Jake Bean might end up being a good player but like right now when i watch him i'm like he is struggling yeah he got that goal but he is not getting the puck through he's not doing offense he's he's getting thrown off the puck by everybody he's not it's he's having a rough go i actually thought he had a decent first period last night yeah but yeah no overall he has not been good i mean yeah i mean can we go can we a little thing that's been kind of overlooked in these playoffs i'm glad ryan that you brought it up this is the beginning of the first round. What are we doing with Jake Bean right now? I mean, we we're really just kind of looking past that. I mean, I get he's a third pairing guy, and he scored in game three or two or yeah two against Tampa. Game one. Wait, Jake Bean was that? Yeah, game, game one. It was. Yeah, got like the all of the last second the goal. Period. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So I mean, but we get we get a little bit more conversation. I think is warranted surrounding 
Jake Bean. He's he's been <laughs> not very. He hasn't been very good <laughs> at all. Granted, like it is his, like he's a rookie. It is his first sure, playoffs, yeah. but but they're trying to win the thing, you know. Yeah, no, it's and that that is what makes me going back to what Ryan said. Like Jake Gardner cannot be healthy because you cannot tell me that this entire coaching staff is like, yep, Jake Bean, we're good. <laughs> like it has to be, or, or like I don't or think he, like, it did, has. Either he's not healthy, or he like did something off the ice. And, like, no, based on what we know of Jake Gardner, I have a hard time believing that he is some oh, kind of... Oh, I do, too. <laughs> I, I mean, to be honest with you, I have a hard time believing that of most of the players on this yes. team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. It, it does not make any sense to me. And I'm, I'm glad that Jake Gardner somehow got brought up because I'm, I've been very confused. But I, I think Ryan has to be right. It's got to be like, because like he had the back injury, which was in Toronto. They had the surgery, missed time. And then he came here and then it was like, said it was good. And then it was a, they said it was some of his back acting up. Well, like during the regular been, season. They've been vague about him all, like in the regular season. Cause I remember there was like a couple games, like he was a healthy scratch and it's like, okay, why is he a healthy scratch? And then like without really saying anything, if you looked at like the lineup that like Michael Smith was posting, it just randomly changed from, healthy scratch to like injured I, I remember trip tracy broke the news just on the telecast that he had a back injury and before yeah, that right. no one had any idea what was going think, on with him i think that has to be like something that was back and they're like trying to keep it hush hush and like maybe because they don't want it to like get out leak they maybe want to like move him because they're like he might not be able to like really play <laughs> I mean, you would have to pass a physical to be moved. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's a, like the thing though, where it's like it's like he can play, but like it's like really nagging. And it's, like, I don't know. I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure the Hurricanes would engage in something like that. Nefarious business activities. Yeah, they're just not smart enough in the GM front office to really get that 17 mil cap space open. Exactly. Yeah, but it's bizarre and. I don't know, man. Whatever. Whatever. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, someone brought it up. It wasn't me, because every time I talk about Jake Gardner, it prolongs the, uh, the whole, the whole Jake Gardner narrative that follows me everywhere I go until I die. It's stuck with you now. You defend a player for one season, and it's over. You defend a player, and you give him the benefit of the doubt for one poor season. And all of a sudden, you're the Jake Gardner guy. And that's, <laughs> that's you know what? And, and you know what? I've learned my lesson. I will never defend a player ever again because it will follow me to my grave. That's that's why Con Man McDavid. Fraud. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone's a fraud in my book. You, you, write, you write just a couple of pieces about Jake Gardner and it's, it's, it's over. So. Well, somebody did point – I mean, like, if, like, having Jake Gardner or Jake Bean on the third pairing – is what's keeping the Hurricanes from winning or losing games in the playoffs. Like, they're done. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, having Jay Gardner in the lineup wouldn't, probably wouldn't make a huge difference. When Brett Pesci's, like, your leading defensive scorer, that's kind of an issue. Sure. Uh, it, it wouldn't... But, well, the thing is, though, like, it wouldn't make a huge difference, but, like, when you're losing like, one Like, why wouldn't games, you make that change? 
What yeah. with like what the things that he can do in terms of getting the puck up the ice and making stretch passes and running power play too, like Yeah. It's not nothing. Yeah. It, it can make an impact. You know? And it, and it's like that's like one of the first changes you make. You know? Like that's a change you make before you change goalies. I was gonna say, yeah, that would yeah. that's if if I had that available to me, I would have been doing that first, which again Leads me to think, all of this leads me to think that Ryan is probably correct that the Hurricanes probably do not actually have that available to them. Who knows? Who knows? Who fucking knows? Um, I know that this podcast is over. Uh, this has been the Canes Country Podcast. <laughs> we appreciate you listening this week. My name is Brett Finger, of course. Ryan Hankel, Andrew Schnicker. Guys, where can the people follow you on Twitter and only Twitter? Andrew. At A-S-C-H-N-I-T-T-5-3. And Ryan. At R-Y-A-N-H-E-N-K-E-L underscore. You can follow me at Brett Finger on Twitter. You can follow Canes Country at Canes Country. Instagram, Canes Country Picks, P-I-X. Go read the site, CanesCountry.com. We have all the coverage of the second round of the playoffs and beyond, whether that be the third round or the offseason or whatever. That will be decided here in the next uh, week or so. Speaking of next week or so, uh, we will be back with another episode in a week. Whew. Catch your breath. Get 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 uh, hydrated. Get your Max McCormick jerseys ready. Because we have a series. We have a series. We have a 2-1 series. She's a series now. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> Maybe the season will be over next week. You never know. It's, this very it's well entirely... We would have... If, if it keeps going, we would have been through game six next week. So... Yes. So, in all likelihood, I mean, the series will be over. Potential. I mean... Who knows? Maybe go seven. Maybe we get the infamous third in four years Canes Bruins matchup. Oh God! I kind of want them to be eliminated now. <laughs> I kind of want them to lose to Tampa now. I don't want to live through that third straight year. Third I really year don't. The Bruins. Oh God. Oh, I don't even want to think about it. I don't. I don't even want to start talking about that. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>